You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. But you know what? It, it works. It clears it up and it makes me talk like a normal Australian instead of a weird-ass Australian. There's a difference? <laughs> there's me and then there's everyone else. Okay. And, and okay. folks, that's how we hope that you see us here on Geekiest Show. There's Mark and there's everyone else. And I want to say welcome to the listeners as Geekiest Show ever episode 169 kicks off with a... Ooh, 69! Okay, let's not go oh, down wow, there. Uh, 69. And we're all 15, year old, 15 years old on the inside. And Mark's doing, a, and Mark's doing, doing a little a chair day. dance. He's doing a chair dance, folks. It's a little bit disturbing. Yes. You know, uh, the, the, pr- the, the problem is that I don't know what this 69 is I talk about. You know not of where you speak? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I get, I get, hey, as you get older, yeah, there's less entertainment. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it all depends on how well your entertainment works. That's <laughs> the whole trick to it. It depends on how often you update your library. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> big screen TV, big collection of DVDs, good to go. Oh, I have to tell you something. I mean, it's well known that I'm a, I, I work on a multi-screen setup, right? And, and you guys have given me grief. I want to talk about that a little bit today, Kevin. Actually, you know, I didn't have that pre-show, but now that you're talking about the multi-screen setup, I've got a problem that I need to talk about. But you go first, and then we'll okay. talk, talk your problem first, and then we can always address mine afterwards. Well, we're only going to record for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. We don't have <laughs> enough time to address all your problems, Mike, Mark. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was watching... You know how YouTube will occasionally lead you down a different path or suggest other videos based on something you're watching? Boy, Which, I hate it when my kids use YouTube because then I get all these wacky kid video type things coming up in my timeline and the suggestions are like, hold on a sec, what's this fr- Friday at Freddy's crap? I don't I don't want to watch this. <laughs> well, some game or something, I don't know. Kids yeah. are going nuts over it. It's like, look, stick to Minecraft, guys. I get that. Yeah, I'll watch that. But uh, anyway, I was doing this, and I came across this guy. Uh, he goes by the handle Barnacles on uh, on YouTube, and I he I, the first thing I did it was some video where he'd done a review of I think it was a Chromebook or something, which fits into something we're going to talk about probably a little later. We hope, but he was showing a tour of his setup. Now this is a guy that is serious multi monitors. He has not one, not two, but three 46-inch televisions set up as his main display screens. Then above that, he has a 27-inch IPS display. What does he do? Hang it from the ceiling? (laughs) He's just got this gigantic desk. If I can, I'll try to find the video and put a link to it in the show notes. But, I mean, it's and this guy has about three or five hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, so he's fairly well known. He used to work for Microsoft based on what I've been able to piece together in the few of his videos I've watched. He's a huge gamer. Huge, huge gamer. He has I mean an unbelievable setup to play first person shooters. He actually has a thing that he uses to play racing games. He has the seat with the steering wheel, the pedals on the floor, the shifter on the side and what they call the, I think it's called the ass kicker or the butt kicker, 
that's uh, a base thing that rumbles the seat when you do certain things in the races. And he has this, he has this whole cage thing that's on furniture moving pads that he slides over up in front of these three gigantic screens. So it's like he's looking out the windshield of a race car. And he's driving and you know shifting gears and sliding and I you, you know, know years ago I wanted to set up something <laughs> like that but I would have been happy with one screen and the the proper suit with the steering wheel and pedals but you know that's married life isn't it it's like yeah good luck putting that in your lounge room I need a man cave that's what he calls this whole room in his house he calls it the man cave and he it's what he was giving a tour of. And he is married, has a small son, you know, and it's it's just amazing the amount of stuff he has in that room. And the, the computer he's built, I mean, he's a very much PC side of things. He worked for Microsoft. I, if I understand it right, he got laid off that last huge layoff that Microsoft did. Um, but, you know, he's done all this stuff. But to see this set up, I was completely blown away. Now, and he's a coder, too. So I'm sure when he's writing code, oh. having three 46-inch screens with all the code and, and everything else running in the different windows, that's a coder's dream to have reference documents and stuff everywhere around you. Just sounds like the Matrix. It looks like the Matrix, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. If you have cool. that, that green and, and black screen, he'd, he'd be going into the Matrix all the time. Oh, yeah, and he soundproofed the room. He's got the... The, the stuff up on the ceiling to help deaden the sound and, and I mean he's got an incredible setup and he's built it all himself so hats off to him it's it's just amazing the setup he has I was sitting there last night going huh huh yeah our, our, our setup sucked by comparison I think out of the three of us Mike has the best one with the easy chair being able to sit back and relax and and enjoy yep. I I've got a corner of my lounge room. I mean, it's pathetic. It really is pathetic. And then I've got to move every time the kids are in the room. And it's like, I need to get some work done. Now I've got to go somewhere else. I'm, I'm sick of not having an office. Well, see, now it, just, it irritates me. Well, see, now I used to have a more of a dedicated space. There was a, a like mini lounge, as you would call it, or a, a den that my wife and I used. Uh, and pretty much it was just us. But then when we needed another bedroom, that became a bedroom. And now what is where I'm at now is the downstairs family room or lounge uh, in the in the basement. And that's, I have a quarter. Uh, you remember I was now, moving. Let me ask you, Kevin, do you have an upstairs family room as well? Yes. A living room and then a family room, right? I have the living rooms upstairs yep. with the dining room and the kitchen and the three bedrooms. Okay, what, what, what's the difference, though? I mean, is is that is your well, house set up where where you've got the plastic on the lounges and, and you can only sit <laughs> on it at certain times for certain guests? I'm 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 just wondering. I'm I'm no. honestly intrigued because, like, we've only ever had one lounge room, and if I had sort of what you've got, I wouldn't call it a family room. I'd call it a, a man cave or something like that. Well, and I, I kicked the family upstairs to the main lounge room. Well, that's where they are now while we're recording. But, um, but then later on, they'll come down and annoy you. Yeah, they'll come back. But see, now, I, I just have the corner. It's your man cave. But no, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> You've only got a corner. It's sad. Yeah, it is. It's just like, well, and it's, it's. I mean, this when all five of us are down here trying to watch television, it's not real good because there's not quite enough room for five people to sit with all the stuff that's in the room. I mean, 
I've got a large L-shaped desk here, and then we've got the big screen television over here. I've got my big my big recliner I just bought that you know lets me stretch out and watch Downton Abbey and learn about all the trials and tribulations of Edith and Mary and and uh, you know I, I just need to watch all that and I need to be perfectly relaxed. Yes, I had a bit of a Downton Abbey fest today because <laughs> I had to catch up. But then, but honey, boo boo fest you used to have. Yes, this is true. Um, but then behind me, as you all can see, the listeners can't, is a, a countertop that has three separate computers. One's my wife's, that's her workspace, and the other two are the ones the kids use and share. So, I mean, it's, you know, we've got all that down here. We've got, this was originally intended to be the playroom for the kids, and was for the first few years. But, as I said, when we needed another, when we needed that fourth bedroom, the logical place, like Mike took over what was a bedroom at one point to turn it into yep. a man cave. Mine kept moving as we needed more bedrooms. So so I went from having one upstairs right off the living room. I had this nice big man cave, you know, and all that. And then I moved downstairs, and I shared it with my wife. And then we needed that bedroom. So now I've gone from, uh, you know, a whole room to myself to a shared to a shared room to now a corner of a room. I have been downsized. The only part uh, of me that has been, but I have been. <laughs> you know, and, and that's self-inflicted because if you kept your pants up, Kevin, <laughs> you wouldn't have had to move and now you'll be living in a corner. Same yeah, with me. Yeah. It, life, life sucks, but at the same time, right. we, we wouldn't live without our kids. No. Exactly. Well, like say I've made the trek that you you're going down now because uh, yeah when the ki- all the kids was home and this was my son's bedroom I had a corner out there in the it, yeah the family room downstairs it's more like where the kids and it's something we've never quite finished off yet we still got a it's it's a decent room in the basement but it's concrete it's nothing special but we got some stuff down there that's where the kids would go play and then we'd uh, the, uh, my wife and I'd have the upstairs, so we'd have a little quiet and watch the shows that we want to watch. But I had a corner down here for my computer stuff. But then when my oldest son moved out, I you know I said, "Hey Eric, I'm gonna miss you. Get out. I want my room now." Uh, <laughs> I'm so warm that way. Um, but, Loving so, father. Yes, yes, but yeah, and I don't father uh, the immaterial right there. Right, and I don't want to rub it in, but I mean, I do have a whole room down here. I got two desks. I actually I actually got rid of one this summer. I used to have three desks down here. I used to have. Uh, well, let's see. What do I have for computers now? I got my Mac. I got my Windows computer that we talked about this summer. Um, that's some of the ones I mainly use. I got my netbook around here somewhere. But um, So I've got two desks now. Oh, geez. Good thing this isn't smell-o-vision. Um, <laughs> we'd all be gasping <laughs> for air. Just, just think about it. Mike, he's got to sit in, a, in his L-shaped corner, and it ain't going to go anywhere. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, just the the airflow there seemed to have changed directions. Um, anyway, but like I said, and I've got this down here, and I got you know, and I'm setting up a little office. I need to clean it; it's become a junk hole. Um, I you know, I admit that I should try to clean it up sometime. But uh, and you know, so I do. It's it's nice to have your own little man cave down here, and um, I've got. Uh, you know, sort of, well, it is a multi-monitor setup. I just wish that, we kind of talked about after the show last week, I would like to find a HDMI switch that would, most of them you'll find, you can switch different devices into your monitor. I want to find a HDMI switch that will switch several, de- uh, several uh, from one device to several monitors because I got my MacBook here. Um, 
and I've got a TV mounted on the wall that, I, that I'm using right now for when we're doing this. But then if I want to sit in my easy chair and play Minecraft on the Mac, I can plug it into my HDMI, uh, the HDMI on my uh, HP computer over there. Um, but I, I got to switch the Thunderbolt cables around, which isn't terrible, but it would be nice to just have a switch that you could sit there and hit so you wouldn't have to be plugging and unplugging and moving cords around all the time. Um, and there's, it's probably called a, a HDMI KVM switch, but the thing is those are like 150 to 200 bucks. last time I checked. Maybe not quite that expensive, but that's little more than what I want to spend for this thing here, but it would be nice because, yeah, when I do play Minecraft, I can sit in the comfortable chair and the 27-inch uh, monitor over there and, and, you know, kick back and relax. Um, but And I did get a bracket and mounted the uh, – it's actually a TV, but it serves pretty – works pretty well as a monitor. This is a 24-inch, so I've got that mounted on the wall. So I do have a, you know, sort of a multi-monitor setup here. And, yeah, now you just – you told me about the guy with his whole gaming setup. I'm going – Ooh, the wife would kill me, but man, that'd be cool. Yeah, three forty-six yeah. inch screens. I I would love right. that. So, but yeah, I was I to start out with that. You know, we were talking about the man cave thing, but Mark, you said you wanted to know something about my multi-screen setup. Not necessarily yours, but I want your opinion, both of you, because I know that you both have the multi-screen setups. And what I've found recently, ever since going to the MacBook Air and making that my primary computer, it's only the 11-inch, mm-hmm. so it is the smaller of the two, I find that whilst I can do everything on it that I need to do, for some reason I lack interest and I lack productivity and I've slowed down. My professional writing output, the stuff that I actually get paid to do, is slowing down dramatically. And I, I sometimes I just get stuck in this rut. It's like, okay, the say for instance right now Skype takes up three quarters of the screen and I've got Safari in the side and a little, you know, it's a little small tiny bit. But there's not... I'm finding that I'm running out of screen real estate, and especially when I'm I'm doing I'm I'm working on either stuff for uni or professional writing things I need to cross reference information from. I can get lost in tabs, and I can get lost in and just trying to find my way. Where's that damn window? And I I just half the time, I I'm sure I spend an extra minute every thirty minutes or so at least trying to find where a tab is. And and utilize that, and then go back and forth, back and forth. And I don't know. I'm starting to get to the stage where I'm starting to think maybe I should have a second display, or maybe I should go back to something like the iMac with the much bigger display, just so that I'm more productive, so that I actually get more done. On the the MacBook Air is a beautiful system. It's great, but the screen. I don't know. I'm starting to. To feel the the squishiness of it. Well, well go ahead, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I should say when we do like uh, sci-fi tech talk, uh, I'll have several you know windows open with data, and it is nice to have the two screens set up. I d- have done it on just the MacBook, but yeah, then you're <clears throat> and you know with the Mac you can do the four finger thing and uh, be able to zoom pages in and out, uh, but. It is nice because we'll have like IMDb and Wikipedia and our show notes open, and and then uh, I'll have that on the big screen, and that'll still be tabs in the the browser, but at least I can kind of jump between them a little bit. Uh, and then I'll have Skype over here in case we need to send messages back and forth to one another. But yeah, that multi monitor setup is nice because even with a fifteen inch uh, Mac 
you know MacBook Pro that I got here, you, the real estate it does it does feel a little little tight. Um, now is yours a Retina or is that no uh, no the MacBook Airs both yeah. the uh, both no. they, even oh, the they aren't. as well aren't Retina yet. So that's right. Um, they're they're still running with that lower res screen. So of course everything takes up slightly a little bit more physical space. And, um, you know, previously when I did have an iPad, I was, like, I'd have the um, the iMac on and I'd have stuff going and then I'd use different apps that could then have the iPad as a secondary screen. So that's also another option. Do I want to perhaps look at getting another iPad running the MacBook side by side with the iPad so that I've got this multi window interface um i kind of like that idea because i I have thought about apple's cinema display with all the connectivity and functionalities it's really cool but twelve hundred dollars i don't think gretel will let me spend that kind of money i'm not i'm not on something that sits there and displays basically what i've already got on my macbook air whereas with the ipad it's another tool it's a separate tool i mean look you you can have that kind of functionality going your iphone but really it's teeny weeny it's that's even more pointless than an 11 inch MacBook Air. Oh, yeah, Kevin. Show off your <laughs> big iPhone 6 Plus. Compensating for other little things. Anyway. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, just don't stand up. I don't want to be proven wrong. Uh, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> down, boy, down. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of look at monitors and I think. You know, even if I was to get like even like a Dell or a HP monitor, I think sometimes, well, okay, that's maybe $150, $200, or do I want to spend another couple of hundred and, and have the iPad that is then that screen plus something else? And uh, I, I can't remember if the iPad the, the iPad Air has uh, the, the second gen that you've got, Kevin. Does that have AC networking, or is it still stuck on N? It's got AC. Yeah, I'm pretty sure See, it that. Is. That's perfect because I've got the AC connectivity, and so it would stream much faster throughout the uh, the network. Well, now there's a couple things. I mean, I'm spoiled with multi monitors. I find it hard not to work. Even at work, I have multi monitors. Now I don't have quite as much screen real estate as I do here. I have a 24 inch and a 13 inch on my laptop at work, but it's still nice to have the dual screens. I have the 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 sundry stuff that I'm not really concerned about sitting on my uh, when I'm only using when I'm sitting at my desk over there, but then the main stuff's on the 24 inch screen at my desk at work, and it's basically the same concept I work with here at home. But I've been thinking it, it's funny that you brought this up, Mark, because it's something I've been thinking about um, recently as I've started to see a couple people talk about these ultra wide screens, the 21 by I think it's I, I saw. Yeah, I saw one of those um, at, at, when I, I was out at the, you know, that weekend when I went looking at all the Windows uh, platforms and Android platforms, and I saw one, it was an LG, and it was massively widescreen, and it was like, wow, um, how would that actually work? It was pretty cool. It was slightly curved as well. I know yeah. there's a, a move. They couldn't make it with 3D, so now everything's going curved display. I'm not sure that I like curved display because you get in um, – outer edge distortions uh, because of the curvature. It's it's either zooming in and, and changing the the correct aspect ratio or it's it's sort of blurring the edges a bit. And 
I'm not sure about that, but I've got to say, I was um, playing a demo of Lara Croft game on one of their gaming PCs, and it was just absolutely remarkable. It was just beautiful. Yeah, I, the one I've, I've seen both. I've seen the curved, and I've seen the flat ultra wide mm-hmm. screens. Um, and to be honest with you, I might have changed. I mean, I, my iMac's too pretty. The screen's too gorgeous to get rid of it. Um, it's not Retina. It's not one of the new 5Ks. And frankly, I'm okay with that because my eyesight, the way my eyesight's not as good as it once was anyway. And I have to zoom in sometimes to read crap. <laughs> anyway, so, you know. And I've said it before, too. I don't notice the Retina screen as much on my phone or my iPad until I lay them against something that's non-retina. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just my eyesight. And I know people come down hard on either side of that. And the retina's nice, but I don't see it being so important for me. Other than giving you that extra workspace yeah. that, that, I, it, that it provides. So You know what, I've got to be honest. On the 11-inch, when you're sitting at the distance I am now, which is maybe 40 centimeters away from the screen... It, it's not. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look um, pixelated or anything like that, which is good. Um, would I like Retina on it? Sure, but it doesn't doesn't really worry me too much. Yeah, but you might want to consider looking at one of the wide flat screens. That might be mm-hmm. that might be something that uh, that might you know kind of sit in between for you. Plus, then you could use it to watch widescreen movies on occasion. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I would say I, if I had to work in front of the 11-inch screen all the time like you do, I it would be tough on me. It would be really hard on me. I'm, I'm too spoiled by it now. I do work some, you know, occasionally, but when I'm using just my laptop and just using the 13-inch screen when I'm in meetings and stuff... I can't have multiple windows open. I'm tabbing through stuff to, to find it. It's, it's it, you know, two or three things. And I've worked with, I had a guy I used to work with, bless his heart. That man would have 40 things open at one time on his laptop. And he could pull up this one spreadsheet, do something in that spreadsheet, back over to a Word document and do something, and then over to another Word document and into the SharePoint site. And he was all over the place. I'm going... Dude, I have. I I used to be like that, but I'm getting lost in it now. And I don't know. Maybe it's just the grey matters starting to to play up with me, and and I'm sort of just becoming impatient. But I've noticed that recently, and and this is not just computing, this is even in video gaming. Um, You know, recently on an episode, maybe a month or so ago, we were looking at should we each get an Xbox One? And I'm, I'm still looking at it because I've got friends who have the Xbox Ones and it would be really cool. But the problem I've got is I now sit down to a game and I play like half an hour of it and then I'm kind of done and I want to go and do something else. I don't have the the long patience that I once used to have. Like I, I, I used to be able to sit down until, you know, it was, oh, shit, busting to go to the toilet, I have to pause the game. You know, and I used, so I used to be able to sit there for hours and I just, I can't do it anymore. And when I'm talking about gaming, I'm not talking about something like Minecraft where I do spend quite a bit of time in. But I'm, I'm talking about, you know, other, say, racing game or adventure games or stuff like that. And I just find that my patience to wait for even a load screen now is just, ah, oh, 
I no, I just want to go and do something else. I just want to put a record on and just sit, or I want to just read a book, or I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's just a midlife crisis I'm going through. Well, see, I used to be, uh, I used to be where you're at now, but it was because we had kids and we had three kids, and you know the thing is sometimes you got to get up and you got to referee or whatever, and that's why I haven't. Uh, I need to get back into reading because that used to be my thing. I used to sit down and read, but if you have to be stopping every few minutes, to, you know, do whatever. You know, to be a parent, be a responsible parent. Um, it's kind of hard. Now, where was I at? Where were they? What were they doing? You know, kind of follow the flow of the story. Um, you know, I say now that we're empty nesters here, I should get back into it because, but, you know, I've gotten lazy. Um, I'd rather listen to an audio book. It's easier for me to, <laughs> Kevin's making faces. I think he's jealous, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's easier for me to do an audio book because I'm at work. It doesn't require brain power. I'd rather listen to it that way. But to sit down and just read a book, uh, not everything's an audio book, so I should just sit down and do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I have been where you are at because it is uh, – you just – you get to the point where it's hard to sit down, you know, maybe concentrate on much of anything. When you do, you don't really want to think that much because putting music on, I'm assuming that you're just going to kind of sit there and float off into an alternate reality and kind of step away from real life for a little bit there. Uh, and you're not really concentrating on anything too much, whereas, like, if you're trying to read or play a game or whatever, you're trying to concentrate, follow the narrative, uh, remember what to do, you know, try to make decisions. There's a whole lot of thinking there, but at some point you would oh, yeah. rather just uh, uh, put your feet up and let your mind just kind of float for a while. Yeah, definitely. Like, even remembering game controls. I, I mean, I used to be able to remember the different controls and, you know, press the five buttons in sequence and bingo, you get that move done correctly. Now, if, if I put it down for a day or so and I don't play it for maybe over the weekend, we've got stuff to do, family stuff, and I don't play it, then I forget how to play it. And it's like, well, I used to never be like this. But as you said, Mike, the other thing too with kids is – you know, I'll start playing a game, and I'm I'm a sucker for story. I love games with big, elaborate stories, and I love following along. And I even leave the um, the uh, on screen text on when they're going through the story arc, so that I can not only watch the screen, but sometimes I've noticed in video games the the mix of the audio isn't quite right, and you can miss some of the story, or the character will talk too quickly, or something. Being able to actually read it, you know, really helps. But then you have the kids coming in, and of course, because I'm playing a video game, the kids are kids. They want to see what I'm playing. They they want to then ask me questions, and you know, so they come in. And when you're in the middle of the story, and it's playing through the video of the story, that could be anywhere between five seconds and and five or ten minutes in some of the more elaborate games. Often you can't pause that story, so you're missing out on on elements of information. And then you get to the game, and it's like, um. What, what, what am I playing? Ah, oh, shit. And I want to go and watch it again. <laughs> right. And, you know, the thing is, uh, like when I'm playing, because uh, I, I need to get back into that too, because I've kind of gotten away from it. Because uh, I've been lost in Minecraft. And, you know, that one, and I've talked a lot about it here, but that one, you really don't need to think too much. Yeah. It's not like you got to keep tracking. You just kind of, oh, I think I'll go over here and do this and just kind of, yep. you can change your mind. You don't have to follow a narrative. You just make it up as you go. But I used to play Civilization a lot. And that one there, uh, I, I was. That, that game, yeah. 
Yeah, and that one you always have to kind of concentrate because you're trying to plan out your strategy so much ahead. Uh, and that's why I would usually like to play it on a, a weekend or something where I could just sit down to vote most of a day into the evening, uh, probably late into the night playing it. Uh, and then I would uh, just probably let it run and then come back in the morning and take over or start up again. But that is one of those things that you're trying to – but even when you do that, you know, you kind of, well, what was I going to do? Was I going to build you know, something over here? Was I going to improve that? You, know, you kind of forget what your strategy is. Um, and it's kind of, uh, that's kind of the same way that, yeah, when you have kids, it, it, it kind of breaks your concentration a little bit on what you're, um, you know, what you're trying to uh, do and everything. And, you know, like I say, I, uh, we all uh, love our kids, but, you know, we, we have to learn to adapt and, you know, words from this side of the fence here once your kids are out and they're on their own and you see them start to mature and develop that'll be its own rewards but then the other reward will also be that you get the house to yourself again you don't have to close that bathroom door when you go in there so what makes you think that any of us close it now i mean oh tmi (laughs) you have a very open family there kevin well the good thing is the bathroom's hidden for me so okay there you go so, yeah, yeah I, I, I must admit that the kids, look, I, I love them and I wouldn't be without them, but boy, they, they change the way you do yes. do things and everything has to be really thought out and, and has to change. And I don't know, maybe this is selfish in a way, but sometimes I don't want to have to rethink or change the way I am to work around it. It's the, the problem that I have is sometimes it's like, okay, this is my work time. Right now talking to you guys is my work time when I do shows, I, I ride and I do my uni work and then in just over an hour the kids will be home and then that should be my game time. That should be my fun time. But if I sit down and want to play a game, you know what? Nicholas is coming in. Can I play with you? Okay, let's play two-player. Then Natalia will come in. I want to play too. Oh my god, three people playing one game, especially if it's only a two-player game, that's bad enough. But then you get Mario Kart and then you got four little tiny squares on the screen and it's like which guy am, you know, where am I? Get I? Dist- I get distracted too watching the You look at the other ones. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's like oh, look, I'm great at Mario Kart. I can I can blitz through Mario Kart, but I can't do it with more than two people i can't do it with three people or four people i've tried and i fail i always come right at the end i I just can't do it but if it's only me and nicholas yeah i just zoom straight through but natalia comes along and and she looks going for what i call a sunday drive nintendo need to actually put a sunday drive mode in for mario kart because she just likes driving around everywhere and anywhere she doesn't care she'll go backwards and 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 until the thing turns her around and she'll go oh I'll just go over here see what's across there she loves it but she can't race to save a life so <laughs> it, it, so even playing two players with her is really hard because it's like oh i can't race against you because i win anyway and you know yes we could do battle mode but i don't like battle mode i just i don't I, like I, it I either re- it, it's ah, oh, it's too too much to do, and and you know, I, I'm getting old, guys. This isn't good. It, it doesn't I, make sense to me. Bar, battle mode mm-hmm. Mario Kart does not make sense to me. I don't understand the purpose of it. It's just who, whichever team gets the most points. Really, it's it's. I'd rather be out on all on my own, running like a bat out of you know what, trying to get around the track, complete the course, you know, shortcuts and. And all that yep. stuff, trying to outwit everybody and all that. That's that's more my style of play. The battle mode, uh, 
I it drives me up a wall, frankly. I won't. I don't even like playing the battle mode. It just ugh. well, and, and since we kind of stumbled into gaming here, um, like we do most of our conversations, we just wander from one thing to the other. Uh, I sat down. We was up to my son's for a little while this weekend, and he's got an Xbox in his apartment there. So this is the first time I've actually sat down to play a console of any sort. And so I'm sitting there, and we were playing. Uh, I, I was playing Assassin's Creed while he did his taxes, and I was answering questions for him. And you know, like I said, that's my first exposure to that sort of gaming, and it was interesting. Um, but uh, you know. I, like I said, I've been thinking about getting an Xbox, but I just wonder, will I be able to play those kind of games? Because like you were saying, there's a lot of controls there. You've got like, you know, here, and then you got here, and you got this yeah. one here, and you got this one here. And just trying to, uh, and you know, like I say, my brain is getting a little less uh, elastic as it gets older. And so I'm sitting there, now to do this, I have to do this control and this control and do that. And, you know, and like I said, if I do it, I can probably get into the hang of it. But I'm sure that if there was like a seven-year-old kid, he would be dying over there from laughing because he's going, hey, old fart, you know, you can't do it, you know. Um, I'm sure he would yeah. be just, you know, laughing himself insane. Yeah, and I, I've done that because I've got Assassin's Creed, and I, I absolutely love Assassin's Creed. But it is complicated because there's different ways to to take a kill, to slit someone's throat, to just be in battle, to then go into stealth mode, and and it's See, like, I, oh, hold on a sec. And then sometimes it's like, oh, what, what did I pr- what what did I do wrong? Well, see, I didn't even get that far. I was—I forget which one I was doing, but it was starting out with uh, him as a little boy, and where you have to steal the apple, and then you—and uh, then you progress to when he, where he's older, and you have to try and catch the guy that took your dad's pocket watch. That's about as far as I got, like the first two scenes into that one. Yep. And so I hadn't even got to the battle yet. All I was doing there was running around, jumping, sliding, and um, you're learning the controls by the sound of it. Yeah, so yeah. Was, yeah, it's it's a training wheel mode basically, and so I'm still stumbling, and it, it took me a while. And then you know they, where, you know it, it is up to you to figure out what to do and how to you know win it. And so finally, it took me a while. I've just I got caught like I don't know twenty times by the cop there trying to steal the apple, um, and you know eventually I kind of figured it out. And it's a trial and error thing. I guess that's the purpose of it because if you went through it too quick. Um, if you if you get too frustrated, you quit. If you go through it too quick and it becomes too easy, you don't want to play it, or you know you blow through it and you're done. So I you know it's one of those fine mixes, and I don't know. It seemed like it was uh, intriguing, the kind of thing that maybe I want to do. I just wanted to decide if I want to spend that kind of money on that or not. Well, yeah, and yeah. then there's then there's the investment of time to play a game and to actually get to the point you enjoy playing the game. When I first started to play Halo, and I'm still not very good at playing that game. Oh my god! It was so frustrating. I I couldn't get off the stupid ship. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't figure out how to do this. I couldn't figure. Out, it's like, and it was. Like, I, I must admit, I love Halo. I love that franchise. Yeah, it is. It, it's a cool franchise. Now, the one that I got into the most was uh, Call of Duty. I played mm-hmm. uh, the original Call of. I guess it was the original Call of Duty on my original it's a Xbox. Big I prefer Medal of Honor. Yeah, it's it's on my. It's been very much the same. It's just slight differences, but uh, Call of Duty did that. They got the multiplayer down pat, whereas Medal of Honor really never got the multiplayer right. Well, this is the one I played on my original Xbox. This is the original. It's just like when I learned that oh, if you do this, you actually raise the scope up and use the sights on the gun. And I'm sitting there trying to pick people off just holding the gun in the general direction, and I actually got pretty good at that. So. <laughs> But you know, it's it's one of those things. Your your brain, and you have to be elastic enough to 
uh, I think is the right word to to adjust to these games and 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 but you have to invest time. You really have to invest time. And anybody that's a serious gamer, Tim Chatton, we're talking about you, dude. <laughs> anybody that's a serious gamer invests a lot of time. And I remember I used to invest a tremendous amount of time in playing video games. Uh, I remember, I won't even try to guess the amount of hours I invested in a game called Commander Keen. I don't know if anybody mm. remembers that one. It's an old PC sort of. side-scroller game. And, oh my lord, the hours! I mean, I was young, I had the time, you know, sitting there for uh, until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning playing the game, you know, to, to get it down, mm. to get everything right. And it was like... Oh, to do that now would just kill me. And I was still doing that a bit with my Xbox because we would sit down at night. Because when I got the Xbox, uh, my the my two youngest children were not born, and the oldest child was a, a really little. So I had the time. You couldn't and, play it then. Yeah, yeah. I'd sit down at night to play the game, and I'd ask my wife, "I said, you mind if I play?" She said, "No." She was sitting there cross stitching, doing her thing. And I'd be sitting there, and I'd be playing along, playing along. Oh, it must be about nine thirty or so. Oh, it's twelve thirty. What? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> you know, never- but, but that that that's good time. And and I guess I suppose what we've got to look at is even as adults. I mean, so often we we try to live in this serious world of where adults don't play games, where adults don't have fun. We just we work, we look after the household, we raise a family, all that kind of stuff. And Mike's looking at me yeah. as if to say. Hell no. But I haven't that, given up being a kid yet. That, <laughs> good. And that, that's what I'm asking. I mean, how, how much time would you put in on in a week or every day to just, I guess, you time to play that game that you want to play or to watch that film series or television series you're interested in? I mean, we, we've got to have... The, the play element still because we do enjoy that and it is a form of relaxation. But what's too much and what's obsessive and then what's enough? But and see, it, I, it's hard. And I always liked it um, um, when I farmed and the kids were young then. But I was I had was more flexible, especially in the winter time because I would have to stay up and watch the sheep. So I would stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning, uh, maybe even later with lambing and stuff because uh, we'd lamb in January, February when we had sub-zero Fahrenheit with, uh, temperatures here. So I would be up that late, and everyone else would be asleep. So I did have alone, quiet me time then. Then I moved on to my other job where I had to sleep at night. That got harder. It was the weekends. And now my current job, uh, even when the kids were at home, we would switch off two weeks of working from 5.30 to 2 in the afternoon and then two weeks of working from 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 10.30. And then I would stay up late, so then they would be asleep. So then, you know, I was able to kind of figure some time in there. But anybody who has a regular 9-to-5 job and who has, you know, uh, needs more than, you know, four to five hours of sleep, like what I usually get to, you know, actually survive, um, I'm just – and then I take naps in the afternoon when I get home, so it's not that I'm – I get some more sleep, but you know, I don't, I get a lot of sleep, but you know, that's the way I've managed to do it is just having the opportunity or the time to have, uh, stay up late and in this quietness, peaceful, the phone won't ring unless it's a, you know, freaking emergency. Then you, you know, your heart goes from zero to, you know, almost bursting, you know, in a a second there. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, I've been lucky that way, but for anyone like, you know, you guys, well, Mark's a little bit more flexible. You don't have like a, uh, a uh, time card you got to punch, but mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, I'm pretty sure your job is nine to five ish. 
yeah, uh, it, type it, thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically up and out the door. I spend two hours a day commuting, and then I spend you know eight hours or so a day at work. So, I mean, that do you add that? To, say eight, so that's ten hours of my day, of my waking time that's spent in relationship to my job. So, there you go. Google self-driving car. You can play while uh, play games while you commute. <laughs> That's what I, I. That's the one thing that makes me want a self-driving car. Yep. That and maybe the ability to take a nap on the way to work. So that too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it's it is tough when you have it's it's tough to work in all our geeky goodness that we want when when you've got the restrictions, you know. And I wouldn't trade my children for or my wife for anything in this world. But it is tough. It is it is very tough, and you know, as as we get older. And our life changes as life does, then, you know, some of this stuff comes back to us. I mean, Mike's ahead of me there, even though he's not that much older than I am in years. He's ahead of me. Actually, he's only months older than I am, folks. And, oh, yes, before we forget, we must wish the ever honorable and lovely Mr. Mike McPeak a very happy birthday as of today. Well, well, thank you. Happy birthday to you. You're 102. You look like a monkey and you smell like one, too. He's had his finger in the back of his pants again, hadn't he, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> Rose? Happy birthday, Mike. Thank you. And I have a little missive for you. Roses are red, violets are blue. I have five fingers, and this one's for you. <laughs> I think he's saying read between the lines. There you go. You're number one. I've never heard of it that way, so I like that one. I just well, came across it the other day, so. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, uh, it is Mr. McPeak's birthday today, so we do want to everybody wish him a very happy birthday. By the time the listener's here, it'll be a few days past, but uh, still, please note this as Mr. McPeak's happiest day, and the day in which he joined this world. And and the world kind of went, what the hell? They went, oh, yeah. shit. Here he <laughs> and then the happiest day, and Mike's putting up with us. Yeah, yeah. No, we this should, is... get, should have given him a leave pass, Kevin. No, mm. I'm a taskmaster. Yeah, there you go. Well, besides which, you guys are my therapy. If I don't do this, then I go nuts. Woo-hoo. Which is kind of weird, because you guys are a little nuts. But it seems to work out well. It does. It does. Well, let me ask you, that, Mark, did we solve your multi-monitor question? I, we strayed off there, and I forgot. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think we ever solved it. I think it'll come down to, I've, I've got to spend some money to, to do it. And I think maybe what I should do, I've still got the iMac, maybe I should spend a couple of days working back on the iMac, because I have all my data synced anyway, just so in case my laptop burns down or something, I've always got the the iMac there, even though it's slower and older, I think maybe I'll give it a try on the larger screen. Can you just, do... Like, can, can you use the iMac as a second display? Target I display. Wish. Uh, Tar- it's no. too old. Too old? Too old. Oh. And a nine model, unfortunately, because that that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, because you know it, it's it's still a good system, but right. it is it is slow. It is much slower right. than the MacBook Air. But I'm uh, just thinking maybe I should try the bigger screen and then see whether or not it is the screen. Um, I mean, look, sometimes I don't know if you guys ever get like this, but sometimes it can just be I haven't had a new shiny toy this year, <laughs> and and maybe I would get. More interest and, and and become more in, engrossed in in what I'm doing if I had something new and shiny to play with. And maybe it's it, just that. Maybe I've been looking at this MacBook Air for eighteen months, and I'm now kind of going, I want something new. Well, see, it would energize you, or 
it would make you work your butt off to justify having to purchase this or your wife won't kill you. Either yeah. way, it's a win. <laughs> well, unless game time, though. But uh... <laughs> well, Here's a suggestion I'd offer. You know, they make port what they call portable monitors. I just saw an ad for, oh. I think it was AOC or Acer. They run off of USB ports, I think. Mm. Yeah. I've seen some of them, and they're actually made to be carried around as a second display a portable, and they usually have like a built-in stand, and they're usually around 16, 15, 16, 17 inches. Yeah. So that might be something you want to consider. I don't think they're terribly expensive. I want um, to say around 100 bucks. Yeah. And it would that's, just... That's a, that's a reasonable price. Yeah. Right. So uh, 100 US, so about 400 Australian. Yeah, well, <laughs> not quite reasonable once we get it. But you know what I mean. But I'm saying. But you know, even the multi screens that I have set up, the I got these. Neither one of these monitors cost me more than a hundred dollars. The extra mm-hmm. ones that I have. So if if you could dive in, I guess the point being, if you could get in for say a hundred to maybe a hundred and twenty bucks to a second that, that's, screen, that's not bad. Greta wouldn't be too bent out well, of shape over spending that. Well, and the thing is, too, I think it, uh, I don't know a lot about these, but doesn't it run off a of USB power, or do you need a, to yep. plug it in? They will so, run off USB power. So you could actually probably take it with you if you wanted to set up somewhere. Uh, it would be a mobile system. You wouldn't have, like, a big old monitor tying you down. You could put it in your bag, and even if you wanted to go to the park and get away from people, uh, you could set up on, like, a picnic table or something there. You still have your dual monitor set up that you could do things with. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're USB powered, definitely. Wow. Uh, but I mean, you could you could do that, or you could get an inexpensive like twenty inch, just regular LCD monitor. You know, something that wouldn't take up a lot of desk space and give you a secondary display. And but then you got, now it's more of a fixed thing than what we're talking about here. Mm. So that I mean, it sounds good, and certainly the price isn't too bad. Um, and and let's put it in perspective. My um, I've just placed an order with my my uh, local record store that I get all my records through uh, for the next month, and it's one hundred and forty five dollars. So yeah, I you know that's disposable income. So maybe instead of buying records, maybe I should buy the display and then One have month. a shiny new toy. One month without some records. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, is that uh, I can't remember. Is that USB three on the uh, MacBook Air? Oh, Two? Yeah. Uh, his? Uh, yes. Uh, on mine, it is. Yes. Yeah, it's three. But they okay. run, but they run on USB two. Right. I just doing a little quick googling here, and I dropped a link into a an AOC sixteen inch USB powered portable LED monitor for eighty nine dollars through Amazon. Now that's our price. I don't know, like you say, by the time you you know strap it to a kangaroo and get you to it, uh, get it to you down there. I don't know what it would cost. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we probably have something like that sort of out here anyway. Um, hey, sure. Mike, you know what? That that link you sent was to that YouTube birthday video I sent you. Oh, was it? I thought I copied this stupid thing. Which okay, is let's so try funny. This again. Which is so funny because, uh, Kevin, you should put that link into the show notes. The, the <laughs> birthday video on YouTube that I showed Mike and, and sent to Mike before the show. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. There, that's the correct one, though. Uh, oh, uh, wow. That looks nice. It looks like a tablet. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it basically. Jimmy. 
Oh, that's all right, isn't it? That's slightly I, different than the one I was looking at, but it's the same idea. It's the first first one I came across. There's a newer model there too, um, but uh, yeah, and like I say, so you could if you had a little uh, uh, carrying case, you could fold this up, and put it in there, and you could put your MacBook uh, Air in there because it doesn't look like it's hmm. terribly you know big or you know terribly thick, um, depending upon how big your case is. Probably actually bigger than your MacBook. Well, it is bigger than your MacBook. Yeah, I was gonna say it's bigger than the MacBook yeah, Air is anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to send you guys back a link for this. This is this is hot. Given that we're talking about monitors, and given that we're talking about uh, Xboxes and gaming as well, this is a link to a portable gaming setup for uh, for Xbox. Why can't I get into the chat menu? Come on, what are you doing? Skype is playing up on me. Oh no, what have I done? <gasps> I've broken Skype. It's not that hard, dude. <laughs> No, I know, but I, I can't go back to the... Oh, there we go, back to the main window. Jeez, that was weird. Anyway, check check that out. That's um, that, that's just a pretty cool thing. So what it is, basically, is it's a carry case that's, uh, that's certified for air travel, and it's got a display in it, and you put your Xbox 360, your PlayStation 3... I think you could probably even fit the Xbox One in it. I'm not sure if it's the same size. But it's a gaming, uh, a portable gaming system. Oh, I've seen something like yeah. this before. And and so that's gaming on the go. Because, I mean, one thing that I have a problem with is, like, the kids have been bugging me, when are we getting an Xbox One? When are we getting an Xbox One? Because their friends have it. And, you know, I only recently just bought them the, uh, the Wii U anyway. And I, I've said to Nicholas a number of times, listen, mate, if I buy an Xbox One, that's daddy's toy. That's not for you guys. That's my toy. Kids games on the Wii, adult games on the Xbox. Good but luck something with like that. This, yeah, I know. So, something like this is cool because it's like, haha, I can just take it to the bedroom and play for hours on end. Yeah, that's true. And But see, now there you go. If you got one of these little portable displays like that, just like the HP display that I have here, it has VGA, uh, DVI, and HDMI input. So when I'm working from so home, so does that as well anyway. So when I'm working from home, I just switch over, mm-hmm. and on the front of the screen, I just tell it, okay, accept input from the HDMI input now, and you know I can switch back and forth. It's very simple, and again, this is a 23 inch or 24 inch, whatever it is, uh, 150 dollars, uh, not on sale. I caught it on sale for 99, mm-hmm. so. I mean, you could get something like this, and you would be set, Mark. I mean, you'd have yeah. your portable gaming system, so to speak. You'd have an extra monitor. I mean, you get one of these monitors that has multiple inputs. Even though that USB monitor is nice, you get a, a regular monitor that has, you know, two, three, maybe even four different types of inputs. You've got a lot of bang for your buck and a lot of stuff there. And get one that has uh, maybe USB ports on the side of it. You've got a few extra USB ports then, too. So, sounds good. I I think I'll start looking into it. So yeah, I think uh, I think that would serve you well, my friend. Mm. And 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 speaking of uh, alternate things, as we were talking through, we were also talking a little bit about alternate uh, OSs before the show and different things. We talked a little bit about different versions of iOS and android and stuff a couple weeks ago one thing i didn't get to bring up on the show mike and mark both know this is i got a new raspberry pi 
and I got it on a deal from Amazon, and I'll talk about that too. But it came with everything, and I'm holding it up to the camera. I think the guys saw it last week. So you've got yep. the little pie logo engraved in it. But it came with the case, the power supply, even an HDMI cable, the wireless network adapter, although I could run it wired if I wanted to because it does have an RJ45. It even came with the micro SD card with the OS and everything on it. All for it was forty nine dollars. I got the whole thing. Is that the the Pi uh, Pi two or is that the uh, original Pi? This is the B plus. Okay, I had to deflate your balloon a little bit there because yeah. just, I think <laughs> like not quite the new one. Right, I think he just bought it a day after you bought it. I think they announced the. Is, are they calling it the Pi two? What are they calling it? They're calling it the Raspberry Pi two. Uh, I got this, got it put together, started playing with it. It was a little project my son and I worked on it's been two weeks ago, I guess now, on a Friday or Saturday night. He and I got it all set up and got it working. It was really pretty cool. It's a pretty straightforward process with this thing now. Um, I need to update it again. I just haven't had a chance to hook it up and sit down and play with it. But, uh, yeah, the week after I ordered this one, uh, I think, it was, and I had the week after I got it set up, so like a week, uh, you know, ten days, the Raspberry Pi two dropped. And I went, son of a, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, damn it. But I did everything I've read. All I'd have to do, and this, the the Pi two is, or the this is the B plus, is all I have to do is take this board out, drop the other one in, and run the uh, setup on the software again, and I'd have a, I'd have mm-hmm. the B plus. But, but you, if you take the, or the Raspberry two, I mean. Pi board out, there's nothing left, Kevin, except for an empty case. <laughs> but no, I put the I put the Pi two board back in place of this one because it's the exact same form factor. Right. No, I I, okay. I I get it, but yeah, the only thing you've got left, so <laughs> I flip the bird again. <laughs> You're getting that a lot tonight. Um, I know, I, I know. What can I do? Well, you know, our our conversation about Windows and stuff last week got me to poking around a little bit and I came across uh, I don't it's on my iPad I think I have the link open on there this company that makes these little little Windows 8 computers they're like desktop computers it looks like a small router it has an antenna on the back of it here in the United States they're 169 or 179 dollars and it's running Windows 8.1 I mean it is it's the no, full version. The, the H, HP have laptops out now for kids that are, um, uh, they're, they're pretty much about, I think they were 299 uh, when I looked at them. And they just, you know, they're, they're running a, a 32 um, gig flash drive internally. They're running a Celeron processor. But they're, they're running Windows 8.1. I played with them uh, while I was in the shop a couple of weeks ago. They are slow on Metro. They just, it, it's just a tedious experience. To, it just, it's jaggy. It, it, oh, it, it just doesn't have any fluidity you, to it. But in saying that, uh, for kids, they're great. Did you, was it the HP Stream 11? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was HP Stream something or other. Yeah, I've looked at the 11 and 13s. I know somebody uh, that's using 11. I think 11. it was the 13s I was looking at. I know somebody that got an or know of somebody that got an eleven, and he uses it primarily for blogging and doing, you know, just kind of surfing around the web a little bit. But it's really basic little computer. You can get it directly from Microsoft. You can get the Signature Edition, 
It comes with one year of uh, Office 365 thrown in. I think we talked about this, maybe. Um, Probably did, yeah. And uh, But it comes without all the bloatware on it, if you get it directly from Microsoft. That's the nice thing. I'm, uh, honestly, the only way I want Windows uh, 8.1 at the moment is on the Microsoft Surface. I love that platform. That's just... Microsoft, the, the Surface 2 uh, is just a beautiful piece of machinery that's... Well done to Microsoft. I hope they keep improving that because it's a real good competitor to what Apple's doing. And uh, it, it, it offers some people more and certainly a different experience than what Apple can provide. Apple is, you know, iPad plus a MacBook Air. The Surface is uh, all in one. Yeah, no, it, it, it's an interesting. But, you know, there's also the other side of the fence too, and I know this is something Mike has spent more time in than I have, although with the Pi I'm getting back into there again um is the linux side of things and the i mean linux has just come so far from the where it used to be just 10 years ago i mean it was it just seemed so geeky then that the average person couldn't even begin to play with it yeah because i think i probably started in um linux probably about 10 years ago i think my first version was red hat six or I had two versions. I had uh, Red Hat, I think, I want to say 6 and Mandrake 6.2 or something like that. I mean, that was, and that was dark ages. That was before mm. they even came up with repositories. So you would uh, install a system, and if you wanted to add a piece of software, you had to go out and find all the dependencies to make it work. And then sometimes you were out there and like, well, it's only one number off. What's it going to hurt? And then your whole system wiggles, wobbles, and falls down. So I've been at it for a while. L- you know, lately I haven't done much with it because I just haven't had a you know clear idea what to do with it. But I do still like the the Linux uh, desktop because it can certainly take a older piece of hardware and extend the life of it a little bit, and it's quite useful. Even like today, I took my little uh, Dell netbook that I have that's got um, oh. Uh, Shoot, I can't remember. It's one of the Ubuntu variations. I forget which desktop it is. It's one of the lightweight ones. Oh, oh uh, Lubuntu, I believe it is, um, which is a lighter weight, which works well on the uh, – well, it works better on the, uh, the Atom processor. But I took that to work, and I just needed to do some spreadsheet stuff, and so I did that, and I fired up uh, – um, uh, what's it? GNU uh, – the GNU spreadsheet, I think the name of it is. The name's escaping me right now. Uh, but I fired that one up, and I did what I needed to do, and I can save it into a, uh Excel format so that I can uh, import it into something else and print it off. It's a simple one. I'm sure that it's not going to be completely compatible. But, you know, the price is right. You know, that stuff is free, and it's gotten a lot better now because now you can just put the uh, CD in there, and you can run it, and you can install it. And it's a pretty much no-brainer process, and it uh, actually probably takes less time to set up than a Windows computer does. Yeah, uh, the, you're right. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, the thing is, uh, especially before uh, at the point where it had gotten better, it was still pretty rough around the edges, I would screw up an installation by doing something wrong. It's like, I the heck with that. I'll just go and reinstall it again because it doesn't take that long. Um, and then for a while there, my uh, I was really deep into Linux for a while. There. At one point, I had my hard drive petition was probably running seven, seven, seven different versions of Linux just because I could. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they each offered their own little thing that uh, was unique and interesting. You know, now they've kind of merged. Some of them have dropped off the map. I don't think Mandrivia is even around anymore. Um, I think it does survive, but it's something different now. Yeah, 
You can and, trace the lineage back and find out it's Mandriva at the heart, but right, yeah, and um, it was actually Mandrake at the heart, but uh, then they changed the name to Mandrivia. But um, you know, I've I've messed around with a lot of those, and it uh, it uh, it's certainly an operating system that serves a purpose for people. And you know, we were talking about uh, we've talked a lot on here about Apple's. Uh, the expense of the uh, Apple hardware and everything, and people looking for alternatives. And you know, I think for somebody who wants a you know a computer with a you know full operating system with plenty of software available, and the nice thing is you know a lot of that stuff you know is free. Um, if you want tech support and stuff, that there you know there is models out there that you can pay for tech support if you want help with that kind of thing. But um, if you just want a, a pretty good operating system, there's a lot of those out there available that you can download and and install on things. And I I just kind of need a, a good reason to run it. That's all I'm looking for right now. Well, I think the one thing that's going to get me, I mean, besides the Raspberry Pi thing, I think what's going to put me back into it is I'm starting to play around with uh, uh, OpenBox. Or is that what it's, what's uh, Sun's the virtual thing? That's OpenBox, isn't it? No, that's VirtualBox. VirtualBox, thank you, not right. OpenBox. Yeah, yeah. yeah, VirtualBox. Yeah. I'm starting to play around with that because I got tired of paying for the upgrades for... I was a Fusion user, not a Parallels user. So I, I'm tired of paying for the upgrades on VMware Fusion. So I'm going to flip back over and start loading up. And that's one of the reasons I got this horsepower of a machine here. I've got a Windows Virtual Machine I run here. And it runs like a bat out of you-know-what when I'm running a Windows 7 Virtual Machine. Uh that's the advantage of quad core processor and but i can also set up three or four or five or six or eight or ten linux boxes and they're going to run like you know what so that's what i'm going to start playing around with now because i want to play with uh, a virtual box some more just because again i said i'm tired of paying the stupid up the cost on the upgrades to the software not that it's not worth it but it seems like because the Mac operating system is getting revved every year, don't want to start in on that whole business. Um, and I've heard a lot of people lately pontificating about the issues with that. Um, that, it, you know, if I have VirtualBox, I can upgrade it. It might be a little further behind, but that's okay. I'm a little further behind on some of that when I'm doing all my virtual machines. But it lets you play around. It, it re-energizes the geek in me when I dive into something like that. You know, even if I'm building a Windows box inside of a virtual machine, just the tweaking, and I might decide, well, I want this to be a development machine, so I install all the development tools and stuff that you can get from Microsoft for uh, Visual Basic and uh, .NET for free and all that sort of thing, and the free version of SQL Server. Yes, folks, I love to play around in big databases. I love to do data analytics and stuff like that. But anyway, that, I mean, you know, that's the kind of stuff that re-energizes you as a geek, or at least it does for me. Well, you know, the thing is, um, uh, oh, there's a whole bunch of different distributions out there. I think even Fedora has what they call different spins, which is uh, they've got one that you can, if you are into graphics, you can download it that's graphic-oriented. They have another one that's more, if you're into making music or things like that, you can get a music one. If you're more into productivity, you can get uh, with different, uh, you know, basically it's different software loaded on there. Maybe they tweak the interface and do something with it for the different things you're trying to do. But, you know, the thing is about... um, yeah, I guess the thing that I really loved about Linux is is that uh, you can play around with it. If you get a Mac or even a Windows machine, 
you can you know customize them, but you're still kind of stuck with that. With Linux, you can put different desktops on there. Uh, I've used uh, the GNOME desktop. I've used KDE. I've used a bunch of different ones out there, and you know it depends upon what you want. The KDE is kind of interesting, and that's actually when they uh, updated uh, uh, to Yosemite on Mac. That kind of reminded me of the KDE desktop. You kind of called it Fisher Price Mark, but it was uh, that kind of uh, the flat style and there's all kinds of things you can add to it you can put uh basically different widgets if you want on the screen uh they were trying to go with the uh oh yeah i guess you call them widgets i forget what they called them but uh you can put different things on with different information screens so if you wanted to have something displaying uh information you just put it up there uh you could have links to different um web pages to different directories if you're doing stuff so you know the thing about i liked about was the customizability that you could whatever you kind of wanted to do you could do and you weren't locked into a system well Mm. the the uh thing i had for a long time was i had a windows laptop that was one of my other machines that was running Wubby, which i don't think is supported anymore which is no yeah, it, it, which was really a good way for people to get into Linux. I was, I, I knew it, I, I could do it without that, but it was convenient. Well, then I had that set up to to run that way. Then I went in, and this is before some of the more recent developments in the last three or four years. This has probably been six years ago, I guess. Now mm-hmm. maybe seven. I had set it up so that it looked like a Mac operating system. It had the dock. It had everything. Mm-hmm. So I was running Linux on my Windows PC, set up to look like my Macintosh that was running on the uh, black MacBook I had at the time. And it, it was, it, I got it really close, and my wife said, when did you get another Mac? I said, <laughs> I didn't. You just created an inception moment there where the whole world is going to collapse in on itself. Where, where's the start and where's the beginning, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm... I just need a little downtime where I'm, you know, not working so much and not thinking about work. And I'm going to have to get back in there. I wanted to try, and I think it's gone out of support, Pear OS, which was the Linux that looked almost exactly like uh, the Mac OS. So, But the other thing I'd like to do, too, it's not really a whole lot cheaper from the recent things I've seen, but it does give you some more flexibility, is to build a Hackintosh. And I think one of the three of us knows a little bit about doing something like that. Yeah, I've built uh, basically, I'm trying to think, uh, I want to say three Hackintoshes on two different machines. Um, I had a uh, Pentium D that I did one on, and then my, and I still got it here, but I kind of, <coughs> excuse me, I accidentally erased the uh, the Mac OS on it. Uh, but I'm running Windows on it, and I've got it purpose for a few other things, but yeah, I've, I've built a couple of those and they're, um, medium difficulty. You got to kind of want to know what you're doing, but you've got, you've done, done enough technical stuff, uh, Kevin, that I think you could probably figure out, you just got to read the instructions. And the thing is, you know, you, you have to kind of build your PC. You can do it on stock, a uh, stock computer, but that gets a little harder. If you want the, not quite, the the, the pain build one and then you go to there's different websites you can look this information up on and uh you build one more or less to order you look at the specific uh graphic board the the graphic board and the motherboard are probably the two most important parts that will cause you the biggest problems um but you go and you look up that information and then basically uh 
once you get make sure your hardware is kind of lined up, the rest of it's not that hard. You have a bootloader program that you run first that will enable. Uh, and nowadays, uh, you know, I did it when uh, you uh, um, you uh, you could run a CD on there and do it. Now you can just download it and put it on a uh, USB drive and uh, run it. Oh, I'd have and, to buy another USB drive. Oh, good lord! Not another one. I'm an enabler now. Anyway, uh, you can put it on there and you can run it, and then you can basically install it. And then I think what you have to do is go to the site, and like I say, if you follow their their recipe, basically, there's a little file that you download, and you at some point you run it and put it on there, and it will tweak the settings in the operating system. And now he's holding up his jump drives. I've started a monster here. Um, but you run that, and then basically it will run, uh, you know, depending upon, yeah, it's a little nutsy. Um, depending upon your hardware, it'll run almost exactly like a Mac. If you put it down behind somewhere, somebody couldn't tell the difference. It can be a little tricky. There are some things that aren't always 100% supported. I've been pretty lucky on the two builds that I've done. I haven't had too much trouble um, but again, you kind of have to go into the forums. You have to dig around a little bit. You have to roll up your shirt sleeve. It's kind of like where Linux was, uh, probably about, oh yeah, six, seven years ago, I guess, where you had, uh, it was better, but you still kind of had to know what to tweak and what to do and, uh, the different things, uh, you know, to, to make certain hardware work. So, but it's a doable thing. And if you don't want to spend, cause you can probably spend about a thousand dollars and get equipped, uh, probably the equivalent of your, uh, uh, your iMac sitting there. I mean, I'll granted that's got a screen to go with it, yeah. but well, I, I, what I've thought about doing was the Mac Mini, right? One that, you know, because they screwed the Mac Mini over this time around. Anyway, we've talked about mm. that, and, the, and it would be nice to. Uh, although, uh, Mark, thank you again for the, uh, and I'm talking to Mark Shepard, the uh, Mac Mini that's sitting over my shoulder here that the kids use all the time. Did I ever open that other one? No, he's waiting on that. <laughs> he'll be dead before he ever opens that i think hey i think he's just waiting till you die to open it <laughs> either way one I, of us will have to die before he opens it i'm pretty sure he's talking to gretel anyway the, <laughs> uh that was a great deal and gave me that extra mac that the kids can use but i thought about building uh you know a small hackintosh that is it tony X Mac or something like that. I can't remember the name. There's a, there's a couple websites completely dedicated to this stuff. If you actually go to Lifehacker and search for their always up to date guide on building a Hackintosh, it links over to all these other resources um, that you can get. So and there's been some interest, you know, just because of the fact I can one upgrade the RAM when I want to upgrade it, I can do other upgrades to it, and it's still running the Mac OS. So that might be a project for this summer. Uh, that I might want to take on, take a week off, order all the parts. It really, though, in the price comparison I saw the last time I looked, and I haven't looked real recently, um, the parts were going to run me about 350 maybe $380 for everything. Uh, and, you know, again, it would be the equivalent, it would be slightly better than the entry-level Mac Mini is right now, with the exception of, one, I can replace the RAM and upgrade the RAM, I can put a bigger hard drive in it really simply. Uh, you know, I can do other things like that pretty quickly. I could afford to buy a small SSD now and put in it, and then later put a, uh, when the uh, 10 terabyte SSDs come down to be a reasonable price or something like that, I can upgrade it to that. And it's something I could keep upgrading. So I've really considered doing it. I really have considered doing it. It's just, 
I mean, I haven't busted my knuckles inside a computer case for eons mm. just because it's something that I used to do all the time. And I mean, I used to be in there ripping computers apart, building them on a bench, and then putting them in a case and all that sort of thing. I just haven't it used done to be it. More for a while. fun. Yeah. Well, well, and you see, I'm lazy. My son, uh, about the time I was doing this, well, I, the first one I had, uh, I think I mentioned before, the high school kid that we hung around in this town that was the computer guy. So he built my first one, but then after that, my son kind of you know, went over there and started learning. So I've always had him do the building for me, um, and then I would do the operating system. So Because he's in IT now. He's doing that kind of stuff. But sometimes he just enjoys I'm bored. So he would take his computer apart and put it back together. So he would do that kind of thing. Done that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I got my first Mac, the LC575, I used to take it apart all the time just to, oh, wow, look at this. And when anyone would come across, check this out. You could slide the whole motherboard out and, and show all the different uh, components. And it was just cool. I never actually did much to it except for replacing the RAM stick in it. But it was just fun to see and fun to Oh. Try and work out in my own head how everything worked in conjunction to make the computer experience happen. Oh, I was voracious about doing that stuff. I had, uh, I mean, I go back far enough building my own computers that RAM didn't come on sticks, it was chips. I had to put in the individual, mm. I even have an IC chip inserter tool, I still have it. That you no, 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 no wonder computers were so slow back in those days. You Potato chips and computers, that just don't work. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'd, I'd love you to death. Uh, the uh, but I mean, because you didn't want to bend the pins, because you break a, mm. a pin a pin off a RAM chip. It's like oh, because RAM was god awful expensive for what you mm. got. So yeah, so now I'm inspired now to go back. Yeah, I see a hackintosh in my future. I really do, and I think I'll dual boot it so it'll boot into Linux too. Yeah, there you go. I've been down that road. Yeah, my uh, Hackintosh, I was doing Windows, Mac, and Linux on it, so I could go bounce back and forth between all three, and and it's a sweet deal. And, you know, even the one that I, the last one I did was still a quad core, core two quad uh, three gigahertz processor. It really wasn't that bad a, 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 op, you know, a system, and the nice thing is it was in a case, so you could put in a better, well, you're, you're, you're sort of limited to, you got to have a specific graphics card. Usually NVIDIA is the best, I think. ATI can be a little, yeah, you know, a little uh, harsh sometimes to try and figure out. But, yeah, if you just follow this and, like, say, go, yeah, I think it's Tony Mac. I should have looked it yes, up. Yes, that's it, Tony Mac. You just hit it yep. on the head. Yep. So... That's the one that has the site that it really ma- it makes it dead simple. And then if you use Lion Disk Maker to make a uh, USB stick for your OS, you're pretty much set. You really don't have to anything. Well, you know, you talked about that. My MacBook Air, which I need, I got to remember to put get the battery and put the battery in the thing. Um, that one was booting uh, OS ten. It bo- had uh, Boot Camp on it to boot Windows, and then when I booted into Windows. Uh, I also could, uh, I, within that, I had a Linux partition too. So <laughs> I had multiple things going on. I had that poor little thing booting three different operating systems, but it did it like a champ. It did it like a champ. So, but anyway, well, folks, I think, uh, that kind of brings us to the end because Mr. Green tree has to go away. He's got that whole daddy thing or something he has to go to. He's yeah. He doesn't like his kids walking alone in the middle of the busy streets and anything like that, much like he did as a child. So, No, the main streets of Sydney, no place for kids. 
There's no place for us when you're there either, So, but that's beside the point. But uh, anyway, folks, I hope you've enjoyed the show and enjoyed the conversation we've had. We uh, Again, we didn't get to half the topics we had listed, but I think we covered some interesting topics for people to ponder. So between now and then, uh, why don't we start with uh, the person to my left, which this t- this week is Mr. Greentree, and he can talk to you about where he might be found uh, rooting around in the deep, dark depths of the Internet. Hmm. Where could I be found rooting around? Gee. I think I want to answer that. That's incriminating. Anyway, just check me out at markgreentree.com. And uh, I want to throw a shout-out to uh, the man who shall remain nameless, who now owns the domain Siri.file. And uh, let me just put it this way. He is either going to prison for a long, long time and being sued by Apple for it, or he is going to get paid a zillion dollars from Apple and we're never going to see him again. So it's a win-win situation. I was just saying, where's the where's the downside? I'm waiting for the downside on this. Exactly. So uh, that's good. That's fair enough. So, but where can they find you if they're hunting around? You didn't say where they could find you. You talked about yeah, markgreentree.com. Oh, now you did. Okay, there you go. Brain I did fart. before. No, you didn't. Anyway, no, it's not greenfart.com. God, Ooh. that that. That that'd be something the Green Lantern would have, you know, greenfart.com. I, I might buy greenfart.com and point it at greentree.com. <laughs> <laughs> so how's that sound? Cautious. <clears throat> Very dangerous. And Mike, where can the listeners find out more about you after that uh, delve into the gaseous state? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I got my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M C P E E K. Yes, and once again, I will take this opportunity to wish you a very happy birthday, Mr. McPeak. Uh, uh, glad to see you're older than I am for a little while anyway, for a few <laughs> months. Um, but if you want to find out more about the show, you can go over to geekiestshowever.com. If you want to know more about me, follow me on Twitter at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. And I also have my about.me page at about.me forward slash Kevin Alder. Folks, thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to hit us up and give us a review or have a suggestion for something you'd like, uh, the three of us that share one partial piece of a mind. If you want our outro to go for a shorter period of time because Kevin doesn't shut up. Well, that's true. Screw you. um, (laughs) If you want to find out more about that or give us some topics that we can discuss to shut Mark up, that would also be welcome, too. Uh, Go over to geekiestshowever.com or live us some... uh, a review Lips. on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> screwed you. You to go to Yeah, but you screwed me up, so I had to go back and say it again, asshole. That's anyway. so easy Yeah, Mike thinks it looks like a geeky shower, but we're not going to go into right. that. No. Are you two still talking? I was in my happy place. What's yeah. going on here now? Yeah. yeah anyway. But anyway, thank you folks for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, please remember, if nothing else, between now and next week, hug any geek you want, as long as it's not Mr. Green Tree. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. And when I do, you had better be listening to the Tech Fan Podcast. Because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember, it's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it.